Back in 1992, author Neil Stevenson published a science fiction book called Snow Crash. The story envisions a virtual reality-based successor to the internet, a 3D virtual space Stevenson coined the Metaverse. Snow Crash imagines a bleak future. The global economy has collapsed, federal governments have lost most of their power to a handful of giant corporations. The Metaverse, in the story, is an escape for the novel's main character. In the Metaverse, in the story, avatars can stroll down a wide street, tens of thousands of miles long, home to amusement parks, shops, offices, entertainment complexes. But Stevenson's Metaverse is not without problems. The main character, hero protagonist, spends much of his time trying to stop a computer virus that causes Metaverse users to suffer real-world brain damage. But it's all just a story, of course. In our real world, online communities like Roblox, Minecraft, Fortnite, even Second Life, have demonstrated people are perfectly willing to spend billions of dollars on virtual clothing, even real estate. To reflect who we are and what we hope to build, I am proud to announce that starting today, our company is now Meta. Our mission remains the same. It's still about bringing people together. Our apps and their brands, they're not changing either. And we are still the company that designs technology around people. But now we have a new North Star to help bring the metaverse to life. Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg. Well, actually, the company name is now Meta. Facebook is just the application it controls. Zuckerberg, known for Facebook, which, good or bad, really did change how we communicate in this world. He sees a metaverse where people can do almost anything they can imagine. Get together with friends and family, work, learn, play, shop, create, spend. Today on Stories and Strategies, if the metaverse seems far, far away, it may not be. If it seems people won't go for it, a new poll is showing they probably will. And millennials and Gen Z are chomping at the bit to get into it. My name is Doug Downs, music off the top from James Horner, the theme to the movie Avatar. My guest today is Matthew Fider of the Harris Poll, a market research company. Matthew, you're joining us today from Chicago. How are things in Chicago? It is cold, but bright and sunny. Thanks for asking. And windy, of course. It has to of be course. just to uphold the, the, the myth. <laughs> the great city. Yes. Matthew, you're the Chief of Staff and Director of Marketing at the Harris Pool. You have an MBA from the University of Chicago Booth School of Business, a Bachelor of Business Administration from the University of Washington, and you've also studied finance at the University of Navarra in Pamplona, Spain. Matthew, I guess I guess we better start with defining what the metaverse is. Um, and for me, if you don't mind, maybe just talk a little kind of slowly. <laughs> Yeah, and and you're not the only one, right? So so from the top, the metaverse, a virtual world where we all can take on avatars um, to interact, play games, work in some cases, build things, and even watch performances. Um, you know, your question and explaining it to me, right? So over 40s, 
we're only seeing core people really understand and grasp that actual concept. While in comparison to generations such as myself, so Gen Z and millennials, that increases to about two thirds. Um, and so, you know, there's a lot of progress that can be made around that definition and getting that a little tighter and, and increasing that amount of awareness. And it can take a number of paths. Does it mean I'm going to have a, a goggles line around my my face forever <laughs> going forward? I and that's that's unclear, right? So so today, most ways people are interacting with this universe is via the the Oculus or or now named MetaQuest. Um, but but how we're going to interact and how we're going to be in this world is still being defined, and and we'd love to see how other competitors outside of Meta, like Google, Apple, and Microsoft, are are approaching that. Okay, so for those of us in public relations, communications, marketing, this is a burgeoning new channel. This is this is kind of space, another frontier, maybe the final frontier, I don't know. The Harris Poll surveyed Americans, over 2,000 Americans. So this is a healthy poll, all ages. Yeah. And what stood out, as you alluded to, is that the younger adults, Gen Z, Millennials, who, by the way, are starting to get a little long in the tooth now. Some millennials are 40 years old, by the way. <laughs> they think the metaverse is more than cool. And they have told you they want to experience brands within it. Yeah. I mean, today, seven out of 10. That's a large number, right? We don't see that much ubiquity cur you know, currently are interested in interacting with this platform. Um, you know, myself, even I'm a millennial. I bought it the other day just out of that pure interest to see what's going on and how I can interact with it. Um, and, and I think, you know, what they're looking for is new forms of connections. And what we'll see too is millennials, especially way more than Gen Z are actually more interested in, in being in here and experiencing it. Um, and, and that's such a rich environment for brands. Right, key consumers that are spending a lot of money that are growing up and purchasing things that are right in their categories, um, and we'll see brands such as you know Hyundai. I don't know if you saw their example, but they launched the the mobility adventure within Roblox and the ability for their users to come visit their new mobility line, customize their avatars, and and that's just an experience that you can't really have on any other platform at that type of scale. Um, you know, and, and I think a lot of this, and, and I want to focus on millennials over the Gen Z because their interest and their intent to purchase is so high. And they have a little bit of money now. They have a little bit of money, right? And, and, and not only that, and that's, that's across all categories, we're seeing increased interest in millennials, but they're the generation that grew up in the formative years of web two, right? So they were the first to know social media smartphones, streaming services, they're used to weird, you know, I don't want to define it as weird, but ambiguous topics and defining how that as a consumer set gets played. And so brands should be really targeting them, plus converting the Gen Z into, you know, we sometimes call it millennial 2.0, right? Some shifts, but lots of similarities in their approach um, to consumption. Now, this is really interesting. Millennials um, in the poll are actually more into the, the metaverse or what they think the metaverse is going to be than Gen Z. Yeah. So naturally, 
we marketers, comms pros, we need to respond. We might see more virtual product placement, mm -hmm. maybe more stories mm -hmm. told using VR, more virtual brand partnerships. What are you seeing in your crystal ball? Yeah, I think honestly, at this point in the near term, gaming, right? That's the number one place we're going to see interactions. And you can see investments from PlayStation, Xbox, not only in the the hardware and how it works, but companies like Activision and Bungie respectively being acquired this year for billions of dollars to produce content to match those needs. I would like to temper though, right? All this data we've collected has been during COVID-19. Right. For two years, we've been stuck in our houses looking for ways to interact outside of just Netflix. Um, and I would be really interested to see how this data shifts especially for the cases on the margin, right? So work or um, going to a concert, how those shift as COVID kind of closes its door as a pandemic becomes epidemic. Um, and here in Chicago, we open up in February, right? We will be able to see our friends again at the bars and the restaurants, be able to see our coworkers at work, hopefully. Right. Um, and, and I would think those marginal examples of the use cases that companies like Microsoft are really pushing and Meta are really pushing, um, how those change and shift in the viewpoints, because currently they still do not rank very high. When we look at the top three reasons people want to be on the metaverse, you know, the, the, the third was brand experiences, and we just chatted about that. Um, the top two are playing virtual games and doing virtual meetups. 85% and 83% respectively. Um, and that's still, that's just a different form factor of social media, of games that we do today. Let, let's, let's, let's go to the gaming first. Um, yeah. Quick statistic, the gaming industry globally, this, when I heard this, it was hard to believe, is four times bigger than Hollywood. Yeah which is astounding, um, and it, it's perhaps because gamers aren't quite as uh, savoir-faire or <laughs> as handsome or as good-looking as, as the Hollywood types, but toe-to-toe, -to -toe, gaming is much bigger as, as an entry gateway. Mm -hmm. I manage advertising for some clients. Um, gaming has intrigued me. We haven't quite danced on that stage yet. Is that one of the entryways, do you think, that, that more and more marketing agencies have to look at gaming and enriched and, and experiences within that advertising, not just here yeah. and look at our ad? And completely. I mean, it's a, it's a great way when we're telling a story, especially within games, whether it's open world or, or actually story-based games, um, you're defining very tightly that experience that somebody's having and how they can interact with your brand. Um, and there's no outside distractions, right, that are influencing how consumers going to view that brand. And so if you can put it in there where it respects the story and doesn't get, you know, the, the user or the gamer frustrated with the advertisement, really, because it's native in some senses, um, it can be a very successful and engaging interaction. Whereas when we're watching YouTube or even Hulu, I get a succession of four to five ads over that period with other people trying to compete for that space and that eye, eye wallet, we'll call it for the moment. Um, and in games, 
you know, although it might cost more, it's definitely much more exclusive. More, more deeper, more personal experience for, yeah. Exactly. And it can be, and, and right, when, when we think about the programmatic driving of, of ads today, especially digitally, right? They're defining who the consumer is and trying to match needs with, with the actual advertiser. And with games, you're collecting so much data on that consumer, both how they're interacting in that world and what they're making decisions, but also the other games that they play. And that can also have high correlations to the type of purchase intents that they actually have. Okay, that's gaming. Um, and I want to get to the virtual meetups, which was, I think you said it was number one, number one or number two, or they're they're toe-to-toe. -to -toe. Number two. Number two. Number two. But we're talking about a 2% gap, so so not not too big. So I'll, I will come to the virtual meetings because that, that's, mm. that's a profound societal change. Yeah. Um, backing up to the branding and the purchasing, mm -hmm. uh, people are interested in buying real estate. Yeah. In the metaphor. Crazy. I've seen this in Second Life, right? Yeah. People have actually done this in Second Life, but- I can't fathom this. I know. I know. Give, give this stat. So uh, in preparation of this call, I looked up just, you know, who's out there managing this, right? So you can buy buy land in Decentraland, mortgage it via, via TerraZero. And one estimate said in 2021, there was $500 million worth of transactions, with the highest transaction being $2.4 million. Half a billion dollars. I, it, crazy, right? I like to be in that business. Um, it, it, and it's leveraging a lot of cool new technology that's coming out of Web3 around crypto and blockchain. Um, but I, I still have some doubts, right? You know, what? how will properties value when there's no, no scarcity, no commutes, right? Um, but millennials, you know, are really flocking to it. 77% of millennials are interested in being involved in this market. Um, and, and that might just be, they're feeling the being pushed out of actual physical spaces. Yes. Right. Yes. 42% of millennials are homeowners at age 30 compared to 48% of Gen X, 51% of baby boomers. It's a big shift. Right. And trying to satisfy that desire and that want, which I think is very human um, in, in some senses to have an own space that they can control is, is essentially being taken away from them. And so if we look at that feeling and desire and, and merge it with other trends that are happening around cryptocurrencies and NFTs to to diversify the types of investments that they're trying to access and the returns they're trying to get, you see that growth. Um, but as I said, I, I, I worry for a bubble. I'd like to see what happens again as markets go down, interest rates go up. Does that at all, do interest rates at all affect the values of properties in, in Decentraland? From real estate, um, and this sort of blends over to the virtual meetings, people also want to take vacations and travel in the metaverse. And I love this. Yeah. This is... And, and so, as I mentioned, very I total recall, right? Completely. But I, I, it is and it isn't right because that was escapism. This has been really satisfying. I visited Machu Picchu in Antarctica on National Geographic's Oculus, and you know, there's some limitations. All you're doing is really being on a drone flight and being able to look around. Um, but I avoided TSA security. I didn't have any flight delays, you know, I didn't have to pay for a hotel room or a taxi cab. Um, and it just was, 
it was really calming, which is surprising, um, and gave you a really appreciation and almost did the opposite of trying to escape, made me want to travel more. Um, and and we, you know, this is out of the, the back benchers, but I could see this technology definitely being leveraged by people in hospitality to try to drive that demand, right? Go on this vacation, sample it before and get excited and book your, 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 all your different things that you need. Um, but, you know, I think it's untapped. So when you went on this trip, mm -hmm. vacations are about, about touching the senses in different ways, the sights, the yeah. smells, the feel. Yeah. Yeah. Just how rewarding was it for your various senses? I mean, obviously it's all sight, right? There's no touch. There's none of that. I can't really self-drive. <laughs> Not yet. I can't self-drive exploration. But again, it wasn't a substitute. It was almost a teaser. Um, and and that's what was exciting. It made me really want to go to Machu Picchu, really want to go to Antarctica, really go to Petra. Um, and, and I don't think anybody's looking at it from that perspective. They're looking at it as a substitute when it should really be an incentive. That's fantastic. Um... So, okay, to the virtual meetings, last line of questioning, mm. people want to meet one another. Uh, and if you've seen mm -hmm. that Second Life, uh, I think it's about 10 years old, that Second Life uh, series on Netflix, um, follow them. Um, people already married in relationships mm -hmm. um, and, and conducting virtual meetups that, uh, that spill into their personal lives. Mm. Um, what did the poll at least tell us? How interested are people? And then if, to the best of your ability, dive a bit deeper to tell me what that likely means. Yeah. People indicate 83%. 83% of young Americans are interested in doing virtual meetups. Now, the granular definition of, of what that means, I think, is up still for, for debate. Um, and, and we didn't dive as deep for that. Um, and I think it's it's less of replacing... Again, we're talking about substitutes. It's not going to substitute the the restaurant. It's not going to substitute work currently, but it can substitute social media. And I think that's a big place that people are looking to a either get off um, or change their consumption habits. And you can see that in the rise of, of TikTok, which if we look at TikTok and we understand that just as a concept, it's much more user-generated content that is, I'm not following necessarily my friend. I'm really following the For You page and how that customizes my, my likes. And if you take that concept and you bring it into the virtual world, rather than you know risking my grandmother posting and commenting on, on anything on my Facebook page um, or, or you know worrying about getting stuck in some in, influencers LinkedIn post um, and I can customize the entertainment that I get. We're just doing substitutes there while you're seeing more of a death in the, the other types of mediums within social media. Ah, so just looking at the poll results and, and, and actually having experienced uh, a trip in, in kind of the metaverse through Oculus, you talked about to Machu Picchu. Right. Um, just overall in closing, what are some things that stand out to you statistically uh, about the possibility of the metaverse? Three things that tie into each other, but also define, I think, where it's going is, is number one, regulation, right? And this is coming up through all digital content and, and digital media at this point. 
nine in ten Americans want this to be regulated. Okay. They they want some limitations and and most of that in the interest is is themselves regulating it. And they've seen the the abuses of of firms like Facebook um, and like Google and want to have a little bit more control over it themselves. Number two, 50% of Americans are just overwhelmed by the idea. They they by the idea, right? And 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 you you can think back to other corollaries like computers, right? Many Americans were overwhelmed of of how that was going to affect their world and and shift their view and shift their livelihood. Oh yeah. Um and and I think you know, brands need to make them comfortable and respect that but also not pull off the gas on innovation. I bet you automobiles had the same impact on society. Completely. Um, and telephones probably even before that. Right. And, and we accepted them all. Yeah. L large shifts always make people uncomfortable. doesn't mean they're wrong. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then finally, four in 10, amazingly, think the metaverse life will be better than their own current oh livelihood. And that rises for five in 10. 50% for millennials. Um, and again, going back to your point around the Second Life documentary, and if we think about, you know, Dwight Schrute on The Office, having a Second Life for a Second Life yeah. um, character. Second Life is not a game. It is a multi-user virtual environment. It doesn't have points or scores. It doesn't have winners or losers. Oh, it has losers. I signed up for Second Life about a year ago. Back then, my life was so great that I literally wanted a second one. In my second life, I was also a paper salesman, and I was also named White. Absolutely everything was the same, except I could fly. There's there's hints of of the Matrix. There's hint, hints of all these different things, and and you know, for me personally, it feels worrying. But I also think we're in the middle of COVID. This is a completely fair feeling for a society that has been highly depressed and, and alienated for a little while. Um, and I would imagine a bit of a reversal on that number as we we come out. I, I hope it means we don't grow to dislike people. I, I hope we still like people together. Nothing is a substitute for human connection. Thank you so much for your time today, Matthew. This has been great. Yeah, um, it's been a pleasure. Not quite a trip to the metaverse, but uh, <laughs> I might check out Oculus. An audio trip. Yeah. Give it a try. Honestly, I, I actually did quite enjoy it, and I was a little surprised. Um, and I was coming in very doubtful and ready to, to bash it. Um, and, and they did a good job. I mean, there's definitely things to improve um, more from a consumer side, right? But um, as a first step, it's pretty major. We'll put a link to the poll uh, in the show notes. Perfect. If you'd like to send a message to my guest, Matthew Fider, you can email him and his email is also in the show notes. Stories and Strategies is a co-production of JGR Communications and Podcasts That Pop. We're hoping you might leave a rating for this podcast on either Apple or Spotify. Reviews are also very welcome. You can connect with us on Twitter. It's at comms underscore podcast and we follow back we're also on instagram more than anything else if you like this episode would you do us a favor and tell just one friend thanks for listening